Hello, welcome to Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. I hope that you're having a good day. I'm having a good day. Today's my birthday. Big number 32. Birthdays kind of get less exciting after like 21, 25, but it's been a good day. Woke up, had some blueberry waffles, went on a walk. Good times. First off, I just want to say that I appreciate all of you who are listening. I've been doing this about one month. I've actually been recording things and probably a couple weeks I've actually been uploading them. I now have over 90 downloads. I know not all of those are real because the first 40 or 50 or so were me downloading myself and trying to see if this thing would work and figuring everything out. But the last episode... I actually had 14 downloads. 10 people actually listened to my last episode. So if that was you, one of those 10 people out there, you get a virtual high five through the microphone to your ears. I appreciate you. My goal is just to bring informative, quality, entertaining 49ers and football content. And I want to build this podcast. I'm doing things to kind of reach out connect, get involved with that whole community, the industry. If you're like me, you probably listen to a dozen or more different podcasts. And I just think it's fun to hear a lot of different takes and getting different opinions, different points of views, and just learning things. So I'm just giving my side of things and I hope that it's it's enjoyable to you. Some quick news, Julio Jones rumors are heating up. I don't think they're going to stop. I don't think they're going to stop until probably the first week of June because the whole reason why the rumors are heating up is because Atlanta is in a severe cap problem, meaning they don't even have enough money to sign their draft picks. Julio Jones is a big cap hit to them. They can't restructure their quarterback, you know, Matt Ryan. So that leaves us with Julio. I don't think the Niners are going to trade for him. I don't think they should unless they get it really cheap. So as far as like what goes into that, first off, Julio, if they trade him after June 1, the cap hit, it saves the Falcons around like $15 million and it would cost whatever team that brings him in. Julio is going to cost about $15 million this season, $17 next season, $17 the season after that. It's a lot of money. For a 32-year-old quarterback, he did miss almost half the season last year. And as incredible as Julio Jones is, do you really want to give up a lot of capital and spend a lot of draft capital and spend that much money on a 32-year-old wide receiver who has been having injury issues over the last couple of years? Don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, the rumors keep going. The rumor mill heats up and the rumor mill never stops turning. Wide receiver Marquise Lee got cut after being on the team for a very exciting five days. That was a super fun five days that we had Marquise Lee. (laughs) Turns out they designated him with an injury, so they cut him, and they signed another wide receiver to compete for depth, and that is Benny Fowler. Benny Fowler is now the next guy who is in that 10-player wide receiver battle for those three through six spots because we got Ayuk, we got Debo, and then we'll probably keep six on the roster, which means 
We got 10 guys competing for about four more spots. It's going to be a really interesting uh, battle for the wide receiver position in training camp. In other exciting news, the 49ers officially announced that the stadium will be at full capacity all season. So if you want to go to a Niners game, this is good news for you because full capacity, you can go. Not like last year. Last year, they they didn't have any people. They weren't even allowed to play at their stadium. So good stuff. <laughs> the other thing I'm going to do before we get into our main subject today is... I had a chance to hop on Eric Crocker's show. If you're familiar with Eric Crocker, you know who he is. If you're not familiar with Eric Crocker, you should definitely check him out. He's one of my favorite people to listen to. Eric Crocker is a former NFL cornerback. He played in the NFL. He played in the AFL. He really knows his stuff. He has his own training facility down in, I want to say, Arkansas. I'm going to have to double check with that, but down in the South, he's got a training facility. He trains and coaches defensive backs, wide receivers. He's kind of a scout, kind of a coach, and he just does a lot of stuff. He really knows his stuff. He's got Croc Talk, which is his YouTube show. He also hosts the Striking Gold podcast with Rob Lauder. It's a great show. I would highly recommend to listen. It's one of my favorites. So yesterday, Saturday, May 22nd, Eric Crocker was having his Croc Talk show, and he was discussing the wide receiver three position for the 49ers. He ended up discussing wide receiver three for about 30 minutes on the show, and then he actually opened it up to guests and people who wanted to call in and talk to him on the show for any number of subjects. He posted a link, so I figured, let's give it a shot, and I got a chance to talk with Eric Crocker for about five minutes. I thought one of the more interesting things is the tight end two positional battle. So that's primarily what we talked about because I think that's going to be a big subject this offseason as far as training camp battles goes. So I hope you enjoy the listen. Check it out. Here we go. Let's bring on Brian. What's up, man? Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. You're off off mute now. We got you. Dude, this mic is awesome. I got one of these uh, blue Yetis. Isn't that what you're using? Yes, sir. It's definitely. De- yep, got a little blue Yeti. I actually, um, nice. this was one of my one of my homies, man. Um, I was talking on the mic, and he was like, "Hey, Croc, you know, I got a, I got a mic for you. Um, I know you you said you needed one, and he gave it to me, man. And um, I've been using it ever since. It's been a couple years now. Nice, nice. I got this is a early birthday present. My birthday is tomorrow, so. Oh, that's what's up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, I was actually wondering kind of what you're thinking about the tight end battle behind Kittle because the Niners run so much heavy personnel and Kittle's incredible. Use check is awesome, but they've both kind of been nicked up a little bit and we've got, you know, Dwelly and Warner behind them. But what do you think that battle for like tight end two is going to look like? Oh, man. I mean, you know, if I had to just guess off the top of my head, I, I mean, I, I think they go with Dwelly. He's been there and he's he's done a good job of kind of solidifying that position as like the tight end too. Warner, it seems like they worked him in there, but he's supposed to be like a great blocking tight end. And I don't yeah. think he was that great blocking last year. <laughs> so I think that's definitely something that's a little intriguing, but I would have liked to see them maybe address that tight end two spot. You know, they, they went and got Jordan Reed last year and we saw how well that worked out when he was healthy. Now, again, yeah. he's never been someone to just be healthy for a long time and he dealt with his injury last year, but... When he was on the field, you saw how much it helped 
having him. So I, I definitely would have seen them. I would have liked to see them add another tight end. And I'm kind of upset that they didn't. Now that I think about it. I don't know. I'm kind of scared of the tight end <laughs> position behind George Kittle. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous. I love Kittle. That's like my one jersey. I got a Kittle jersey. But yeah. like last two years, he's missed like a couple games here and there. And I don't know who we're going to have as tight end too. Um, I know we added like Josh Peterson, like, you know, Peterson's kid. But I watched a little bit of him yeah. and he just – he didn't impress me. His blocking looked – eh. I don't really – I can't scout, but what I saw was very uninspiring from run blocking. Now you probably know what you're looking at. Enough. I don't I think, think he's big enough. Yeah, and, and now you can look at it because I think he went to like maybe a smaller school, right? So, you know, it wasn't yeah, like he was like, like this, Louisiana Monroe or something. Yeah, so, you know, he could get to the NFL when we talk about his blocking and maybe not being strong enough. Maybe he needs to get in that NFL weight room where he can kind of devote, you know, all his time to blocking. I think sometimes we look at guys like that, right? Father, you know, NFL coach, and you still kind of struggle in certain aspects of your game. It's like, ah, uh, like maybe he's just kind of tapped out, you know, athletically. But it would be nice to kind of see if he can get stronger and whatnot. But I don't think that's somebody that we're going to be banking on too much to kind of um, break the roster as a, you know, a tight end too or, or whatnot. Yeah, because I think he measured in at like 6'5", 230-ish, running like a 4'8". And I mean, if you're that small, you got to be a lot faster. And wow, if yeah. you're not that big, like you got to be a really good blocker. And I just, I think it's one of those things where, hey, you know, you you played well at a small college school, but I just, I don't see him translating with that physical kind of profile. And that kind of leads back to, you know, Dwelly or Warner, or do you think maybe we see Kittle play more, uh, or I mean, uh, Juice? Do you think we get more Juice this year? Oh, I, I think. You know, I think the way that they pay him and they utilize him in those type of roles as a pass catcher. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'd expect the 49ers to run, you know, a heavy uh, 21 personnel and utilize check, split them out. Like they can, they can, they have the luxury to be able to go 21 personnel and split check out into a slot position and kind of utilize him as a tight end. So, yeah. um, and not saying he's going to catch a ton of passes from there. But just the threat of him being able to catch a pass. I mean, we saw him against the uh, Seahawks a couple of years ago, just run right by the the linebacker downfield for a slot fade. So yeah. um, they can utilize him in the passing play. game as a tight end if they want to. I think maybe that's how they're thinking about it. Yeah, I also I hope that we see a lot more of those uh, those juice plays where he does like a fake block up the middle and the linebacker like thinks yeah. he's blocking, he just kind of like leaks out to the side and he's wide open. Yeah. I saw, I think it was like three times last year where the quarterback just like missed him and he was wide open, would have been like a 20, 30 yard catch. Yeah. So hopefully they <laughs> connect on those this year. Yeah. We need more juice, more juice, more juice. I like that. We need to make that a slogan, more juice. Hashtag. Yep. But, all right, Brian, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to get, I'm yeah. going to get some more guys on here. Hey, anytime you see me live, make sure you uh, click that link and come on. I appreciate that. Oh, for sure. See you later. All right, man. Oh, and is it your birthday, you said? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Come the big 32. Super exciting. Oh, man. Well, I remember <laughs> when I turned 32. I act like I'm an OG. I'm a couple years older than you, but I just turned 20 a couple or 34 a couple days ago. On the 20th. Oh, nice. Happy birthday. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Happy early birthday. Thanks. See you later. All right. All right. I hope that you enjoyed that. It was awesome getting a chance to talk with Eric Crocker. Tight end too. Just a cool guy. He knows his stuff. He loves football. You should definitely check him out. His podcast, his show, 
It's all awesome stuff. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Speaking of which, that's what I had for lunch. I had leftover elk stew. It was, it was good. Anyways, so the schedule. This season is an interesting season. This is the first season that we're going to have a 17-game regular season and a three-game preseason. First thing, getting into the preseason, I'm not going to go through each of the preseason games because, you know, it's preseason. The teams that we're going up against in preseason doesn't really matter all that much. What matters the most about preseason is that we get our first chance to see Trey Lance out there, and that is going to be super exciting. I can't wait to watch him out there, see what he looks like, see how he plays actually going up against other NFL competition. It's going to be really interesting to see how quick he is getting through his progressions, reading defenses, playing at a significantly higher level of competition than he's used to. And I think this will give us the amount that he plays and how good he looks, as well as obviously the camp reports in terms of like who's getting the most snaps with the ones. I think it's going to tell us a lot as far as like how close he is to getting ready to play. So it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm honestly a little bit bummed out that we only get three preseason games this year because I don't think Trey Lance is going to start the season. So we might only get like two or three games of preseason where we to see him, but it's going to be awesome. Also the wide receiver battles. Those are going to be really fun. Again, we got our number one and two lockdown, but there's like 10 guys battling for those other four spots. So that'll be fun to watch. And also just a whole bunch of other depth guys, guys competing, I think the next pod, we're going to go over my favorite roster battles that we're going to be having. That's the preseason, three preseason games, and then we get into the regular season. So as far as the regular season goes, these are just my initial thoughts. And we are still three months out from the season. A lot can change. And I'm sure we're going to revisit these when we get closer. These are just my initial thoughts, looking at the schedule, what I know about the teams right now. But again, a lot of things could change. Week number one of the season, our first matchup, September 12th at the Lions. The Detroit Lions, this should be a win. You got a brand new coach who's a new coach with a really bad team. And they're basically doing starting a total rebuild. They also have Jared Goff. Jared Goff does not play well versus the 49ers. We have destroyed the Rams during most of our matchups the last couple of years. And I think a lot of that is just because Jared Goff's not that good versus the Niners. So I don't expect him to be very good. It's really hard to know what exactly to expect from Detroit. I don't know a whole lot about all their coaching staff. And I'm sure that's one thing that we'll get into a lot more of these specific schemes when we approach them. But if I remember correctly, their new coach, he was the tight end coach for the Saints, which means that he probably is going to operate a similar style of offense as the Saints. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What I will say, again, I don't know what to expect from Detroit, but I don't expect it to look good, especially week one. You've got everything. They're starting from scratch, and this is the first game. I don't expect them to really have their chemistry down. I don't expect them to be really well coached at this point, which means they're going to have to rely on talent and playmakers. And I don't really see too many playmakers on the Lions 
team who are going to make a difference, especially in terms of matching up versus the 49ers. So I expect that to be an easy a win. I would kind of expect it to be an easy win unless we kind of start the season off slow. Either way, it should be a win. Week number two, we have September 19th at the Eagles. Back-to-back road games to open up the season. Not the best thing. I feel like we've done that for a couple of years in a row now. And one thing that I think is also going to happen, whenever the 49ers have these back-to-back East Coast games, they, they've shown over the last couple of years that they will stay there. So I expect them to stay at, I think it's called the Greenbrier. It's that really nice, like, fancy resort where that also has all the fields there and it's actual grass fields. They might also stay at the Youngstown Place in Ohio, but they don't quite have the facilities. The the facilities there are not quite as nice as the Greenbrier. So I expect them to go there, make it kind of like an East Coast trip to start the season off. It just makes it so much easier when you're staying in that time zone versus flying out to Detroit, flying back, and then three, four days later, flying out to Philadelphia. So I expect them to stay somewhere on the East Coast. The Eagles' D-line versus the 49ers' O-line is probably going to be the most interesting matchup. That Eagles' defensive line, it's still really talented. They've still got a few really good guys lined up there. So I think that that is probably going to be the first real test and the first matchup that is going to be interesting. Also, I will say, I don't know how much faith I have in Hurts, but I will say that... Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager, they could be a legit wide receiver duo. So the Eagles, I don't know how good they're going to be, but I expect them to have two pretty darn good receivers and a good defensive line. I still expect the Niners to win this game, but I think it might be a little bit more of a challenge than we're expecting right away, just because they do have some talent at a couple important positions. Moving on to week number three, the Niners come home. And they have their home opener versus the Green Bay Packers. There's a whole lot of things going on this offseason with the Packers. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be the quarterback? I'm kind of of the belief that I'll believe it when I see it. Obviously, there's always the rumors going around and Aaron Rodgers has been complaining. And, you know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? The The bridge is burned, blah, blah, blah. But until I see Aaron Rodgers not on that field, I have to assume that we're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers. That being said, are the Packers good? Like, don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Yair Alexander, really, really good. Like, really good players. I think that's why they were so good last year. Last year, you know, they made that NFC Championship game. But they were so good because those three specific players were so good. You look at the rest of the team and it's like, are they better than in 2019? Are we going to have 2019 uh, repeat where we just go over there and we just run through them and destroy them? Because I don't see their interior defensive line being all that impressive. They've got some good edge rushers, but last year their edge rushers weren't as good. You know, the Smith brothers. They have a decent pass rush. They've got a really good corner, a really good receiver, a really good quarterback. But beyond that, are they a better team? I don't think the Packers are actually better this year than they were in 2020 or 2019. I would honestly argue that they're worse because you can't expect those three, all three of those guys 
to maintain that el- super elite level of play. Again, you're talking MVP Rodgers, Devontae Adams being arguably the best receiver in the league last year, and Yair Alexander being one of the best corners, like a lockdown corner last year. Can you really expect all three of them to perform at that level? And beyond them, you know, their their drafts the last couple of years have been, I mean, I hate saying terrible, but they were not that good. So we'll see. I think we're going to just run over them kind of like we have, especially with the way that we kind of drafted this year. The Niners, Shanahan was kind of saying, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to double down on being bullies and running over you. I think we should win that game. I don't know what to expect from the Packers, but again, I don't expect them to be better than they were last year, and I don't think they're better than 2019. And if healthy, I think we're going to run over them. Following that game, we've got the Seahawks. So two matchups that should be difficult but winnable. Now, this is a home game versus the Seahawks, so we're hosting them. And the Seahawks, they're a bad team, but you can never count out Russell Wilson. And that is the most frustrating thing is I look at the Seahawks and I'm like, oh my gosh, this team is so bad. They basically have like three good players. (laughs) But Russell Wilson is so freaking good and he runs around in circles in the backfield for like 20 seconds and DK Metcalf is a physical freak of nature where he's six foot three, 230 pounds, runs a four, three. The Russell Wilson could just run around in circles and then throw the ball 80 yards and DK Metcalf will score a touchdown. So it's like the Hawks always play hard. They keep it close. The Seahawks are a really bad team, but Russell Wilson is so freaking good. And DK Metcalf is such a mismatch like nightmare that it's going to be a difficult game. I also kind of feel like the Seahawks are just kind of like picking up every former 49er that the Niners didn't want to keep. So it was like DJ Reed. We cut him hoping that he would pass waivers and then they picked him up. And then Kerry Hyder last year, the guy who led the team in sacks because our entire team was injured. They picked him up and I would say they overpaid him, but Hey man, go get your money. All in favor of that. And then they also signed Akella Witherspoon, who is really talented and plays really well when he's right. But when he's not feeling it, he's really bad. So I feel like they just keep picking up all the former 49ers that the Niners didn't want. We're like, yeah, we would. he'd be cool if we could get him for really cheap. And they're like, yeah, we'll take him. I, I think it's interesting that the best Seahawks pass rushers are Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. So the best pass rushers on the sea on the Seahawks are their middle linebacker and their safety. And I think that just kind of shows you, uh, tells you what you need to know about the Seahawks roster. And they had three draft picks this year. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I don't blame Russell Wilson for being frustrated because they're, they're, you can't hate the Seahawks because you, you can't deny that the Seahawks win a lot of games but it is because of Russell, and is it is in spite of the team building that goes on there. Russell Wilson arguably gives them five wins a season, and if he wasn't there, they'd be a sub-500 team, period. After that, we go to the Cardinals. So the 49ers are going to Arizona, their second home. We all know what happened last year. We got kicked out, so Arizona became our home field. That was... It was a thing. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the Cardinals, but this game 
whenever they play, it is just always such a weird matchup that is really difficult. And they play them so, so weird. And Kyler Murray is so frustrating. The funny thing about Kyler Murray, he's such a good runner and he's so good throwing deep, but he was one of the worst quarterbacks throwing over the middle. I think that those concerns about his height are legitimate because when you're like, you know, quote unquote, five ten, haha, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. When you're like five, nine, let's keep it real. <laughs> it's really hard to see the, see over those offensive linemen who are in front blocking for you. You know, those guys in front of you are like six, four. If you're five, nine, like I'm five, eight, I can't see over somebody that tall. Are you kidding me? I couldn't throw to the middle of the field. You'd have to like make all those big guys in the middle invisible for me to see who's open over the middle. And I think that's why he's not good throwing in the middle. Uh, I also don't trust the Cardinals coaching staff. On paper, their front seven is really good. And they've got a, they've got some big names. But it's a lot of old dudes. Chandler Jones, really good. Old. J.J. Watt, really good. Old. A.J. Green, old. Injured. He did not look good last year. Do they have a secondary? Because their secondary doesn't sound all that good. I think that the best players in their secondary is like Buda Baker and Malcolm Butler. Not really confidence-inspiring. So it's always a weird matchup, but I think they can win it. Then we have an early bye, week six. Don't really like the early bye, especially with the season being extended. You'll probably hear me ranting and raving about this anytime that I talk about the schedule. But the fact that they added a 17th game in the season, I really think they should have added a second bye week. I really wish that every team got an early bye week and a late bye week because 17 games, it's tough on the body. If they're getting a bye week in week six, if they go to the playoffs, the only, only the, and add on to that, only the one seed gets the bye. If you're not the one seed, if, if the Niners make the playoffs and make a run for it, they're playing like week 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, week 18 going into the playoffs, 19. It's really hard to play that many games in a row. It's going to be a physical beatdown just on your body. But either way, the bye is when it is. This is post-bye is when a lot of people are kind of suspecting that Trey Lance might show up. I think the Colts are a little bit are going to be a difficult game for them to for him to start against. I personally think that unless there's an injury or unless Trey Lance just destroys Jimmy and camp, I think that we see him a little bit later when there's some easier defenses. Cause that's when you want to get the young guy in is going up against, you know, not the top five defenses. So the Colts are going to be interesting. The Colts have been a really talented team. Last couple of years, they've drafted well. They've built their team really well. They're a really good team. They've got DeForest Buckner. This is going to be a DeForest Buckner revenge game. That's going to be a fun matchup too, watching Buckner versus our interior offensive line. You know, Buckner versus Aaron Banks, Buckner versus Tomlinson, Buckner versus Mack. So that'll be fun. Also, big question mark, which Wentz are we going to get? Are we getting like... 2017 borderline MVP Carson Wentz at quarterback? Or is it going to be like getting benched because he's playing so terribly and the team doesn't like him 2020 Carson Wentz? I think Wentz is going to have a bounce back season. 
because the coach of the Colts, he was the coordinator with Wentz when Wentz was playing at such a high level that year they won the Super Bowl. So I think Wentz is going to be improved this year. But ultimately, we'll see. I think this is going to be one of the more difficult games on the schedule. Should be a good game, though. I could see the game going either way. They are hosting it, and it is off of a bye. So they should be rested. Kyle Shanahan should have, you know, 10 or 20 plays that just destroy the Colts. Ready to go. I like the Niners' chances, but this will probably be one of the more difficult games of the season. After the Colts, they go and play the Bears in Chicago. And this is a Halloween night game, so get weird. This could be the game where we see Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. That could be really fun. As we know, it was kind of Lance or Fields. There was that Mac Jones stuff, but it was never Mac Jones. They, they admitted that it was either Lance or Fields, and they ultimately went with Lance. This could be like the Fields, not only that, but Chicago, really? You're going to play Andy Dalton? Really? Let's be honest. You're, you're not going to have Andy Dalton starting the whole season. Fields should be the starter in Chicago by now. And that'll be really fun to see Fields, you know, take his, uh, like, why didn't you pick me at number three out on the 49ers? And especially if we get Lance in there too, like, this could be a really fun one. Now, Chicago, Chicago has had a really good defense for a few years, and I think they still have a good defense. My biggest question is going to be their offense because Nagy is known for being an offensive guy, but they haven't had like a top 10 offense at all. I, I think they've been a below average offense the last two or three years. And I know that the quarterbacks were Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. But if you're known as an offensive guy, I would expect at least you to have above average offense. So I don't know what the offense is going to look like. I do expect them to have a good defense. So we will see. This is also, you know, Jimmy's from Chicago. So we'll see if Jimmy's starting or if Lance is starting. 49ers go home next week, November 7th. So this is the second Cardinals game, and they're hosting them. Uh, same thing I said as before, you know, it's always a weird matchup. We'll see. I think they take care of I think they take care of things though. The following week is gonna be a difficult one though, because that is when the Rams, for the first time, go to Levi Stadium, and the Niners host the Rams. Not only that, but now the Rams have Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is extremely talented, and I think that he has always put up really good numbers and played pretty darn well on a really bad team for most of his career. I also think he's an upgrade over Jared Goff. How much of an upgrade over Jared Goff is the real question, because I know Goff gets hated on, but he's not like the worst quarterback in the league. You could argue that he's maybe like 15th or 20th and Stafford is maybe around like 10th. Either way, the Rams upgraded at quarterback. And I think the most interesting matchup of this game is actually going to be Aaron Donald versus the interior offensive line. Because we really invested in the interior offensive line this offseason. Drafting Aaron Banks at pick number 48. Also adding Alex Mack, former All-Decade Center. That's going to be an interesting matchup because if we can negate Aaron Donald in the middle, you know, if Aaron Banks can hold up against Aaron Donald 
if Lake and Tomlinson and Alex Mack, like those three guys can hold up against Aaron Donald, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to win this game. I mean, we've had the Rams number. I think that we're like 4-0 or 3-1 and against the Rams over the last two seasons. So Shanahan knows how to beat the Rams. And especially if we've like just improved the interior offensive line where Aaron Donald isn't going to be able to destroy it, I think we have a legitimate chance to beat them again and maybe even go 2-0. and Ultimately, with your in-division games, it's usually, if you can if you can win them, that's awesome. But 1-1 one and one is a lot more realistic. But I think we can win this game. And the Rams have no depth. They have super elite talent. And Aaron Donald, arguably the best football player in the NFL overall. And then Jalen Ramsey, arguably one of the best corners in the NFL. But beyond that, they have no depth. We'll see. I think they should be able to win because they've won in the past. We improved a weak point that they used to exploit. And that Aaron Donald matchup versus the interior offensive line is going to be fun to watch. And we'll have a chance to see what Stafford looks like. This is a little bit later in the season. You know, we're talking mid-November. So we'll have kind of an idea of what things look like. And Stafford should have some chemistry built up with the other players at this point. But I still think we win. After that, This next week, this here is the week that I'm thinking if Jimmy Garoppolo is just looking okay and Trey Lance, the reports are good and he looks good, I think that November 21st at the Jaguars is the perfect time to switch to Lance because the Jaguars start a streak of four or five weeks where we're just, we're not, we're facing bad defenses. And you want to start your rookie? Get him started against some easy defenses. The Jaguars, they're, they're not good. They're not good. They have a new head coach. They have a rookie quarterback. The team is in shambles, and they're starting to do their rebuild. This is, I think, at least in my personal opinion, the perfect time to make the switch to Trey Lance. He's had, you know... At this point, like 10 weeks to sit, learn, absorb everything, learn from Shanahan, learn from Jimmy, get comfortable, build chemistry, lots of practices, all that kind of stuff. And now you've got a few weeks where you're going against not top five defenses. These are going to be average to below average defenses for about the next month. And that's the perfect time for him to start. Lawrence versus Lance, that could be a fun matchup in terms of watching these two rookie quarterbacks. I will say, looking at the rosters, the Jaguars' offense does have some playmakers. I I think that Lawrence is going to struggle this year. Every rookie quarterback does, but Lawrence has never struggled in his life. He's never lost a regular season game. Like the his only losses have been like playoffs and championships in college. They're going to lose some games this year because the Jaguars, bad team, rebuild, new head coach, rookie quarterback. So we'll see. I know that they have some playmakers on offense, and Lawrence is a really talented quarterback, but he's a rookie. Niners have a good defense. I think this is going to be a fairly easy win and the perfect time for Lance to start. After that, we've got the Vikings. The Vikings are also kind of rebuilding 
I think. Are they rebuilding or are or not? Like it's kind of hard because they've got Kirk Cousins, but they're kind of like starting from scratch in a whole lot of other places. Is this going to be kind of like the Packers where, you know, 2019 playoffs, Niners just run over them? Because the Vikings don't seem that good. Kirk Cousins usually puts up good numbers, but he can't win against good teams. They have a couple really good wide receivers, but the defense doesn't look that good. And again, if you have Trey Lance, put him in against, you know, one of the below average defenses, which I think the Vikings are going to be. The other thing to consider is that their coach, he's a defensive coach and at this point in the season, you know, late November, is that defense going to have good chemistry and good communication? This could be a good defense at this point. You never know because there's a, they have a lot of guys who are in their second year developing. It should be a good matchup. I expect the Niners to win. The following week, December 5th, the Niners are going to the Seahawks. I will be there. I'm excited. I live about an hour and a half north of Seattle, so this game is less than a two-hour drive. I'm going to go there. I'm excited to go there. I want the Niners to win. I am. I grew up about less than two hours away from Seattle. There was no Seattle fans, like Seahawks fans, really growing up. It was like as soon as Russell Wilson showed up, all of a sudden there was these 12s everywhere. And that was when everyone jumped on... In my opinion, the Russell Wilson bandwagon. Because <laughs> nobody cared about the Seahawks. I, I grew up around here. Nobody cared. As far as I'm concerned, everyone jumped on the Russell Wilson bandwagon. You can't deny how good Russell Wilson is, but I really hope that we beat him. I will be out there. It will be December in Washington. It's probably going to be cloudy, rainy, cold. It's a Sunday night game, so you know it's going to be a playoff atmosphere, playoff implications. It's always a good game in Seattle. It's going to be fun. I'll be out there. I'll be cheering. It's going to be a good time. Maybe I'll, I don't know, meet up with some people or do something. I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to drive down. I'm going to go to the game. It's going to be awesome. I really hope that we win. And a big thing about this game, because of the way the schedule is, this is the second to last division rival game. So this could have serious playoff implications because three of the next five matchups after the Seahawks are AFC. So they count a lot less towards playoff seeding because they're not in the same conference. So this game means a lot. And even though it's early December, it means a lot. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a tough game. I'm excited because, again, at this point, I would hope that we see Lance. Unless Jimmy is just playing out of his mind this year. Who knows? Maybe Jimmy has a resurgence this year, and he's like, you're not taking my job. Watch this. And then he actually goes out and plays as good as we all thought he was going to play when he went 5-0 initially. So that's the Seahawks. I'm pumped about that. I'm just I'm waiting for the tickets to not be like $500 for nosebleeds because it's ridiculous right now. <laughs> I think that here in the next couple weeks, Washington is going to be changing their like COVID stuff in terms of like stadiums and capacities. So I'm hoping then that when that happens, like the prices go down a bit because right now they're ridiculous. That is the Seahawks. After that, we go to the Bengals. This should be a fun one. I think that this game 
is going to be fun in terms of Bengals offense versus 49ers defense. Joe Burrow looked pretty darn good as a rookie last year. I know he tore his ACL, but at this point, it'll have been a year. He should be back. He's supposedly going to be ready for the season opener. I would be a little surprised if he actually starts the season, but at this point, December, I expect him to be playing. I expect him to be playing well. They drafted Jamar Chase. They've got a new wide receiver one. They've got three legit receivers and a really good running back in Joe Mixon. I think that the Bengals offense versus the 49ers defense is going to be an interesting matchup for this game. Should be fun, but again, I think they win this game. After that, they come home. They host the Falcons. The Falcons are another interesting team. I will say the Falcons offense right now looks really good from a passing perspective. They invested a lot in their offensive line a couple of years ago. Those guys are developing, getting better. They've got Julio. They've got Calvin Ridley. They just added Kyle Pitts. You're talking three legitimate scary guys. I don't really trust their running backs, but quote unquote running backs don't matter. So we'll see. I think the Falcons offense could be really, really good. I think their defense is going to be bad. (laughs) So I expect this to be a high scoring, fun game. The Falcons always bring it versus the Niners because, you know, I think there's that whole Shanahan Falcon connection. So it should be a good game. Versus the Titans is going to be a tough one. So the next week, it's a short week. It's Thursday night football and they have to go over to Tennessee on a short week. I think this game is going to be a lot more difficult than we would expect. I'm going to have to look over the Titans roster, but I feel like I feel like the Titans over the last couple of years, even though they've been making it into the playoffs, they've been getting a little bit worse each year. Especially this year, they lost their wide receiver, they lost their star tight end, Johnu Smith. And their defense, like they were a defensively strong team a couple of years ago. Last year, the defense really kind of petered off, wasn't nearly as good. And the offense took it up a notch. But with them losing two starting guys on offense, I don't know if they'll be able to keep that up. But that should be a fun game. I think that just the simple fact that it's a short week and they have to go all the way over to Tennessee two days before Christmas... I think it's going to be a more difficult game than we expect, but I do believe they can win it. We will see. The next game is going to be versus the Texans. The Texans right now are a giant dumpster fire. Nobody knows who their quarterback is. Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? He's got all the allegations and stuff. Is it going to be Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor is kind of at this point, you know, your veteran bridge quarterback. He plays fairly well when he plays, but he's always brought in just to be a bridge. Or is it going to be the third round pick Davis Mills? Like who's going to be playing quarterback? Who are their playmakers? They brought in like 30 free agents this off season, but it was just a bunch of like one and two year deals for a bunch of just dudes. I don't really see anyone moving the needle. Plus you have a rookie head coach who doesn't know who the I think that this year they should just like just just blow it up, just blow it up, start from scratch. Who knows what's happening with the Texans, but I do not expect them to be good at all. Fun fact, the Texans 
and the Detroit Lions, two teams that we play, both those teams are, per Vegas odds, expected to lose every single game. The Texans and the Lions are expected to lose every single game this year. There's not a single game that they play where they are the, where they are favored to win. So that just tells you what you need to know about the Texans and the Lions. And that is a January 2nd game. We're hosting the Texans too, so it's not going to be pretty. And I think we deliver a beatdown. I am really hoping that we beat them down so bad that we can rest some of our starters for the next week matchup. Which brings us to the final game of the season, week 18, because it's 17 games now. So it's 18 weeks at the LA Rams. This is going to be an epic game. I have a feeling this is going to get flexed into Sunday night football. I will be there. I'm going to this game. I'm pumped. This game is going to be so charged Because currently, the Niners and the Rams are the betting favorites in terms of the division. They're both expected to win 10.5 games this season, which means, and in my opinion, because I don't think the Seahawks are good, I just think Russell Wilson will win them an additional five games every season regardless. I think it's going to be Niners and the Rams competing for this division. This is the last game of the season. Playoff implications, division rivalry. It's going to be a good game. I'm pumped. The one thing that I will say going into this game and the reason why I think that the Niners are favored, I guess you could say two reasons. Number one, again, the Niners always seem to play the Rams well and they win versus the Rams more often than they don't. The second thing is, again, getting back to the Rams depth, they don't have depth, which means if they have just one or two key injuries, Donald, Ramsey, Stafford, any of those three guys are hurt going into this game, which is a lot more likely considering that there's a whole additional game this year. They're not going to be able to keep up. I I don't see if you're missing Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, like I don't see their defense being good. It'll just, it'll be rough. So I think that is definitely two legitimate reasons why we should have an advantage in this game. That is the schedule. So predictions, I think just overall the scare, the schedule looks pretty easy. The Niners do have, you know, a quote unquote last place schedule. A lot of places have said that it looks like they have one of the easiest schedules. I agree. I was looking through this and I didn't see very many matchups that legitimately scared me. Obviously, injuries and coaching are going to determine the season, but I would say anything less than 10 wins would be considered a bad season. Vegas says 10 and a half. I think Vegas usually knows what they're talking about just because when that many people are betting, you know, they're usually fairly accurate. But overall, I I would be surprised if they won less than 12 games this season. I think 12, 13 wins, I think that's totally realistic. Obviously, you know, again, injuries. I think we've also built a lot of depth, and that's what they did this this offseason was they added depth. They addressed all the depth of all the injuries that they've had to deal with. That's the season. Next time, I think I'm going to talk about camp battles because that's what's coming up. That's kind of what's happening right now. We've got OTAs, 
As always, thank you for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. I appreciate you. Have an awesome day.